now we're in a transition a little bit. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. We are broadcasting live from the score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by a local Hyundai dealers. Want to thank them for their contribution. Want to thank uh, Connor O'Donnell for getting us up and running on Twitch this morning. Uh, good man, Connor, thank you for your contribution. Thanks to everyone for calling. A lot of good calls, calling, texting, yep. emailing. Also, thank you for listening on this Tuesday. No question about it. And uh, thanks to our executive producer. He is Mr. Dustin William William Rhodes. Obviously, I don't know you know, what happened. I've seen the play, but I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, my, my thoughts and, and super prayers goes up to the skies above uh, for that kid's family, for him. Um, for you know that brotherhood of the NFL and everybody a part of the NFL family, um, it's definitely the right call by either whoever made that call, Roger, Roger Goodell, or whoever had an opportunity, to, the authority to make that call to suspend that. Uh, the safety of our of players in, in all sports is always the most important. So that is the voice of LeBron James. He was reacting to the uh, Demar Hamlin uh, situation and uh, and you know sending up some super prayers, so that's nice. Thanks to uh, to Brandon Fryer for his contribution. Oh, I want to say um, um, prayers up for the for the Bill's safety, man. I, I heard about it. I didn't see it, but, you know, I wish him and his family were praying for him, all of us in the locker room. Kevin Love actually hit me on it and made sure we, we all want to, from the Cavalier organization, we want to wish the best and, and pray and pray everything goes well. Donovan Mitchell. Took mm. a break from scoring yeah, buckets he, on the he Bulls. He could watch it because he was too busy crossing the free throw line and violating. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was also. That was a lane violation. Of course it was. But, I mean, feel free. I, I, believe, know, I know. And I, I know. believe Billy said that, too. Yeah. You know, that's a lane violation, but that doesn't change the rules we have of how you prevent that. Box out. So, okay. thank you, P-Will. Um, okay. So, that, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rant or dehumanize. I've got to be a better man. Uh, we have uh, Lawrence Holmes and Dan Bernstein here. Gentlemen. Hey, guys. Good morning to you. How are you? Good. That was a wild night. It really was. Yeah. It was a the very emotional yeah. night and and going from from one extreme to another and having like this, the, the whole, like the Bulls was a sports thing. And then you're trying to balance that with something that is very much a, a human thing. Yeah. And it's not, it's not easy to do. Right when you were watching the Bulls, I wasn't watching the Monday Night Football game. We Neither was I. Right. And get right. a couple of texts about the Bill situation, and I was like, "Whoa, uh, okay, I'll see." And then it's like, "Oh, okay, this situation." So, yeah. And then you go from, "What are the Bulls doing?" Oh my gosh, they're ahead. And then you're like, "Well, sports don't matter." <laughs> ahead after the the best half of basketball they've played all year. Yeah, yeah. The best half they played half, all year. First yeah. half was That's phenomenal. Interesting. I think you're probably right. I mean, they played good defense. They moved the ball around. It was it was a really impressive first half. I want to say at halftime, uh, it was plus five fifty. The Cavs on the money line. Wow! Because the the Bulls have been that dominant in the first half, and then Donovan Mitchell decided that you know what I can do, I can go to the Whatever lane if I, I want. want. Yeah, nobody yeah. can can stop that first step. And his step backs, I saw something where this year on step backs, he's shooting 61%. Wow. Wow. Which is just, it's not sustainable, obviously. Oh, no, he can't possibly do it. But that is. Wait a minute. That's unreal. He's good. 
He's really good, and, and what I find annoying about him is his ability to get offensive rebounds. Oh, boy. Because he's not the biggest man. No, he's not. He's not one of these big guards no, that not. you have to work. And, I mean, it just felt like him following his shot, him getting to the, the glass, was another one of those annoying parts of watching the game where you're like, is someone going to box him out? Is someone going to stay with him as he lets go of that floater and and keep him off the glass? It was uh, or that free throw, or the lane violation off the free throw, like all of that stuff. It, it was a really amazing performance because of it, how necessary it was to get Cleveland back in the game. And it's so funny that just yesterday Lawrence was bemoaning the two minute report. The post game next day, right. two minute What's report. What's the purpose of that? It's transparency. It's a, to make I, it feel like, awful. It's like confession. It's <laughs> like here, here are <laughs> the a, games that you actually it, have it, won. It's like it is a daily confession. I, and that's, so that's I have two found in a row. my people because that is exactly how it's I feel ridiculous. about it. Is it, it for odds makers? It, it doesn't do anything for me no, as a fan, but make me transparency without accountability is just regret. I do think there is. Ooh, nice line. I do think there is accountability when it comes to playoff the right the the, the yes. roles that are given these various crews yeah i do think that that, okay. that that does matter there like, keep it, it to matter, themselves but, but you know what that that's not going to help a team that won't make the playoffs as a result <laughs> right i mean it's, and this it's is the literally third game. Way, it's ridiculous that you can make the argument the that's bulls two in a row <laughs> Just, maybe maybe the same teams are playing again maybe keep an eye out at the end of the game this time well, it's it's one thing if they're just not calling lane violations, but they already called two against the Bulls in that game. Yep. So once you've established, yeah. it's sort of like a, the strike zone. And the one it, on once, Caruso was kind of like, eh. Yeah. But once you say, we're watching lane violations, and then when it matters most, like, oh, well, we missed that one. <laughs> right? How does that happen? Yeah. And what good does it do? Oh, Bill, Billy Donovan was so right. It's like, they're going to apologize. It's no consolation. No. It just makes you matter about it. Uh, and there was the the travel on Jared Allen. Yes. He took like four steps. And so, it's all a, right. Yeah. Bulls. It is. I mean, I will say, even with the, the traveling violation, Jared Allen is, uh, is a problem. He's a problem. Oh, yeah. When you don't have anybody that can guard him, you don't, you don't have anybody that's athletic. The Bulls' lack of athleticism really shows up on nights like last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got, you've got to keep Allen – just pushed away, 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 because he's not going to shoot it over you. So if you're just able to know where he is and prevent him from getting close to the basket, he can, there's only so much damage he can do in the offensive end. But once he starts, what, do you have six offensive rebounds? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Nobody should ever have six offensive rebounds. So, yeah. Unless you're doing like the Moses Malone where you go over to the corner of the backboard and bounce right. it to yourself six times or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what he did. I love Moses Moses Malone. Used to do all the time. I just love a reference to Moses Malone. So I'm curious with both of you guys being as accomplished in, in broadcast as you both are, and you're watching, and you're also, uh, you're, you're human beings, so you're watching it last night on two different levels. One, how you feel about what's going on with a 24-year-old professional athlete and the right. his mortality and everything happening in front of you. And then the news story, and then how it's handled by the broadcast team, which I felt like they did a really responsible job. I thought they did great. And But there's two things in play here because you're reacting in the moment as a human being, 
and then you're evaluating almost as a professional. So I had a similar experience as you did, David. I did not experience this in real time. Um, I was locked into the Bulls game, and I was writing my column. And the Bulls game was so entertaining, I tweeted out, man, this is some really crackling good basketball. And then people were in my mentions like, you're the worst person ever. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't, that's weird. Then I get a text from Dan saying, hey, are you watching the Monday night game? I said, no, I'm watching the, the Bulls. So then I flipped over to see it. So I'm back timing it because, you know, I record stuff. And so I'm like going back sure, over right, it right. and then seeing how it was handled. The tap dancing that ESPN had to do because there were no answers from the NFL, yep. I thought was really good. I thought I there wasn't a person on their broadcast last night that I didn't think did a, a, a good job. Everyone there did their job. Joe Buck kind of being the master of ceremonies right. and trying to keep everyone updated. Lisa Salters was uh, vulnerable and emotional and real. on it. She was real. Yesterday, when they went back to the studio, Susie Colber, uh, I thought, did a great job of humanizing it with the, the studio crew and Booger McFarlane. Then you got into like the reporting apparatus of it. Uh, Coley Harvey, I thought, did a great job and continues to do a great job of covering it. And it's a matter of like what the, the thing that, that I think all of us fall victim to because we've worked inside of sports news for so long is we're always looking for, well, what's the update? What's the advancement? Right. And I'm not sure that there was going to be any from Hamlin's situation, but there was the what happens to the game element, and they had to to walk a tightrope there because it was clear from looking at the reactions of the players that they were not in any frame of mind to go back there. And all four of us have seen a practice where a guy gets a significant injury and they move everyone 15 yards up and they keep going. Yeah. That that is to condition the players to get used to injuries that occur all the time in the NFL. The callousness of the that. league. Exactly. So, I mean, in a sport where players are literally conditioned to seeing teammates go down, this was a totally different situation. It was, and it was really it's it's a freak thing what happened. It's yep. incredibly rare yes. for something like this to for it to be the the impact interruption of a heart rhythm in an NFL player just because they're so enormous. If it, that's what it was, that's what they're saying that's that it they, that it they, was yeah, that this did. that this was an impact, and it's much more common in youth sports. We're actually going to have uh, with projectiles. Sure, it's much more common. Oh no, no, like a baseball, a, baseball, hockey, hockey, hockey yes. puck, Chris Pronger. Yes. It happened with Chris yes, Pronger. It did. Yes, we talked, talked about, about that. that. Yeah, he tweeted out a uh, a response. He played twelve years after it happened, and he tweeted out his. You know, well wishes for and well wishes. Yeah. it happens in lacrosse too. Yeah. But lacrosse. it's it's you can buy for youth baseball, especially if your kid pitches. You can buy special heart protection. It's just mm. a, it's a strap and it's just a a piece of of light plastic armor that is considered to be enough to protect the, uh, the wall of the, the sternum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there and there's a lot of people, a lot of kids wear that. So it is. Uh, we'll we'll learn more today. We are having an, an emergency medicine specialist. 
on today to discuss what this what this was and 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 how to how to guard against it. Thank him for it, us. Is it callous to wonder what happens to the status of this game? No, I don't think so, no. Lawrence. I think it's part of the conversation as long as it's not like the priority. Yeah, I think everybody understands that they can't make a decision and shouldn't, frankly, until they know what the health status and update is on DeMar Hamlin. That's got to be the priority, but you have to have contingency plans, and the and it's the National Football League, so they're going to have conversations about what to do, what is fair, what's the right thing to do logistically, because logistically and I think ethically, it's hard to envision them playing as early as tomorrow. Just pick a tiebreaker. Just, yes. just, just, just pick it. Just that. say whatever but, yeah. it's going to be. But, but Dan, it's. I mean, and I'm not arguing with you, but you have to include Kansas City. Uh, you have to include all three teams in the tiebreaker you choose, right? Because Buffalo, had they won their last two games, would have been the number one overall seed. Now, I mean, again, there are other concerns about it, but but you have to keep in in mind that there's only one team with a bye week. There's a, it is a very significant um, sort of playoff thing. I, I, you know, they got the, they got the built-in week, right, between the, the championship game and the, and the playoffs. There are ways of manipulating that. I don't know that there is one. You know, I don't know that you can have a series of coin flips. I, I don't know how you'd go about it, honestly. I don't know that moving it back – a week makes sense either for me. I, I just don't know if that. Well, you'd have to move it back in order to play one game, and then yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? The whole thing gets out of whack. Right. And so, like, your options are play this game tomorrow, then move each of the team's games to Monday night for their finale. Yes. And then see where you are. Yes. And then make sure that. Either one of both of those teams play on Sunday if they now, play see, that, that in the playoffs to me because it seems like then you're you're reconfiguring your schedule so you have how many days between games would that be? I, yeah, that's not many. <laughs> and the and, physical and mental and, toll. I'm, and I'm with Buffalo, you. Buffalo, by the way, Buffalo plays uh, the Patriots again. I, you know, we are more concerned with the health and safety issue, but they play the Patriots who have a chance to make the playoffs. Correct. So, so if you if you have them uh, the pay, if you have uh, Buffalo in a vulnerable uh, condition for that game that is benefiting uh, New England. I just and think you got to be aware of that. Tomorrow is the the latest that you could play this particular game, or else you have to cascade the entire I, I playoff calendar. I agree with that. And then you have to eat up the Super Bowl pre week. Right, if you're going to do right, that, once right. once you make that call, right. And I mean, there is a thousand logistical issues, such as you know, was there a tractor pull in the building because we didn't know we'd have to play on that particular day, and we didn't realize that you know we got to cancel Aerosmith. I'm, I just made that up. I, there's no problem canceling Aerosmith, but whoever it might be, <laughs> right, you have to add Taylor the, Swift or oh, you God, know somebody. I, I love you have to add the so, editorial commentary. Yes. It's like, but canceling Aerosmith would fine. Be, yes. I mean, Go obviously, right of course, you yeah. cancel Aerosmith. They could just play maybe in the parking. Lot. It's extremely complicated, but at least we do know this: that during the pandemic, there had to have been similar conversations about what to do in the event of a game cancellation this late in the season. Yeah. So whatever those, the context of those conversations were, you pull out those notes, 
you remind everybody of what that was like, and then you tell everybody to have a little dose of perspective. If you have to cancel a game, if you have to say that, pretend like it never happened, and somebody has to be awarded home field advantage by virtue of a coin flip or a percentage point or a tiebreaker, so be it. I just, I, I do find the, the underlying irony in we have to be sensitive with the NFL and all the powers that be, we must be sensitive. We must be sensitive and the humanity, the humanity, but get back out there and destroy each other's brains for our amusement as quickly as possible. I mean, if you really, because people aren't really reckoning with the, the humanity because then we can't. And all of these little islands of cognitive dissonance on which we teeter around in these seas. Of, well, let's of go back to what you said, Dan. Let's be fair. Yeah. Let's go back to what you said. This is extremely rare. Extreme, and, and, and this is not a concussion issue where you're saying, okay, move the drill. We're going to be insensitive to somebody's brain injury. Go back and, and let's just pound the helmets together. This is extremely rare and almost to the point where it is a freak it is. accident. It is. It really is. I mean, for, for, for athletes this big – with this much tissue and this much muscle and, and all of this that they've they've got protecting their their heart to have a perfect impact at the right time in the sinus rhythm to do something like this is it, it it's a freak occurrence and it's it's absolutely terrifying but it is I I don't think there's a larger like next day story right. about the risk of no, this I agree no. with that yeah I don't think so either. the other thing is not in that league you know. The the all that we've learned to get to this point has led to the you know the whole Hank gathers thing and then defibril- defibrillators being used in sport. The, like this this is a this believe it or not is actually a positive result for all the people that work their rear ends off and practice and do drills and prepare for moments like this. Right, and obviously when someone's lying there, the first thought is is neurological trauma. Uh-huh. Exactly. But the the fact that the, the athletic trainers, that they're, the moment you see something, someone lying there, airway breathing circulation. And even though in football you think, well, stabilize the head, move, can he move his extremities, right. can he turn, et cetera, but they didn't. That that was air, That is the first rule of first aid, ABC, airway breathing circulation. And the fact that they got it to to that fundamental really good point. medicine yeah, yeah. that quickly is really it's really good work. It's great work. That's why I think that when people were taking to social media to criticize the NFL for waiting forty three minutes or whatever it took to cancel, I understand the frustration, and certainly the NFL is an easy target. But there's so much chaos, and there's so much confusion, and there's so much real good work being yeah. done yeah. that I didn't feel like that was appropriate at that time. Yeah, they they wound up making the right decision. Yes. Right? So whatever their process was, however timely, whatever it might be. I mean, I, I would like to know what who made that decision because it sure felt like the coaches of the two teams made like, that decision. We're done. But did you hear the Troy Vincent, from reje- Troy Vincent rejected that idea? He said that, that wasn't the case. Maybe, that they never yeah. talked about re- restarting the game. They never gave a five minute delay or whatever it was. That, that might they, be true, yeah. but I I felt like I was watching two coaches say totally agree with you. Well, also Lawrence, to, yeah, we're gonna no go th- we're gonna go through the multiple broadcasts to actually try to get to the, the bottom TikTok, of some of that. Yeah, because somebody told Joe Buck. 
yes. that that was the case. That they had taken five they minutes had taken to five determine minutes, what they were going to do. whoever yeah. that was or wherever that information came from, we found out later, was wrong. Or, or they covering. claimed it was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what, uh, how are you handling it all? Well, we're going to talk about it, and like I say, we're going to go back and 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 listen to the way that the various broadcasts handled it to to get some idea of of, of how it went down in real time. Uh, Patrick Manley is going to talk Bears at eleven. Pete Futek in college football at eleven twenty-five. High noon, eleven forty-five. We got some Bulls stuff. We have Doctor Adam Black, the director of emergency medicine at uh, St. Mary's Hospital and St. Elizabeth Medical Center is going to join us to talk about this particular incident and uh, what it was, what it is, and how you can guard against it happening to your kids. Uh, Tim Jenkins, our quarterback at 1 o'clock. We also are going to talk to Bill's radio sideline reporter, Sal Capaccio. We have just slotted in at 1245, so we'll get his perspective on everything. Have a great show. All right, guys.